0: Okay, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. One, two,
1: one, two, three. 2 dun, 2 3 Done, dun, 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 dun,
0: dun, <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron buzar Jamari, And I'm your personal mind fiend, Keon buzar Jamari. And as you can probably guess from that rough intro... I peeked the crap out of that audio. Did you? Yeah. Alright, well as you can probably guess from that rough intro... <laughs> mm-hmm. This episode is gonna be about everyone's favorite sci-fi franchise, at least mine anyway, Futurama. Yeah. And oh man, today's idea is actually brought to us by our personal mind fiend, Keon. So why don't you fill us in?
1: It's a me, your personal mind fiend, Keon. And um, what I really want to talk about today. So Cameron and I had been talking about this for a while. That like, if we were to create a podcast that had to do with knowledge and stuff like that, or at least like pulling at the seams of something that's really interesting that people don't think about this is immediately like we've been talking about this kind of stuff for like years but this was the one that I'm like I need to talk about this and I need a platform to do it and so now that we actually have one I am so excited to talk about the the subject of the Futurama opening cinematic that is like the 30 seconds that goes on before every single episode
0: yeah I'm I've been pumped about this too. Like I remember the first time you told me about how absolutely fantastic not just the cinematic is but the way the just the name Futurama plays into the cinematic and the show itself. I, mm-hmm. I've been super excited to hear you really do a dive on this, so let's go. Yeah, and
1: right now I am I'm literally uh, just so I don't get it wrong, I want to look up the exact meaning of the word uh, Futurama. Uh, okay okay perfect now i know exactly that so i okay i am so so psyched to do this so the the show futurama which okay well now i need to look up when it actually came out jesus i need. i was i recall it came out in
0: 99 because that was the cliche of the it rolled into the new year and then fry instead Mm -hmm. of ending up in 2000 ends up in 3000
1: Yeah, which is, oh man, it's so good. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hell yeah. Uh, That's
0: 5% too little, if you ask me. (laughs) Exactly. Came out March
1: 99. So the show, oh my God, I didn't even realize this. So yeah, the the show started uh, on the Fox Network in March of 1999 and then was canceled on the Fox Network in 2003, then came back on Comedy Central in 2008 and then concluded in 2013. So this show started out as a, so Matt Groening uh, was the creator and he created uh, Family Guy, but the, not Family Guy, Simpsons. Jesus, I'm so excited. <laughs> so he created the Simpsons and you can tell by the animation style they're very similar. The main difference though is that a lot of the writing staff or some of the writing staff on Futurama as opposed to the Simpsons is made of uh, made up of people with actual STEM degrees. People that did a lot of like mathematics in school and also have some sort of comedic background and they play around with it. So a lot of the jokes in there are based on Theories and equations and other stuff that is in uh, science and science proper. I know that that's a dumb way of putting it as a quote unquote science, but let's run with it. And case in point, one episode that had to do with people trading brains created its own logic theory. Literally, like someone had their a, a paper published based on the theory that they presented in the episode of Futurama that had to do with switching brains, which is that just serves to show you how prolific the show is for science. Now,
0: yeah, I, I want to just jump in and talk about like what I absolutely adore about that episode is there's a moment where, um God, I don't even remember which one of the Globetrotters was the one who like writes the math <laughs> up on the board, but the actual <laughs> theorem that that guy wrote is on the mm-hmm. board just to like, s- s- like hit home. If you were wondering about this, no, this is an actual thing, an actual person went to actual school to actually do.
1: Yeah. And I'm literally going to look it up here. Theorem. So Futurama Theorem. Uh, That was... Yeah, so that was on the episode, if it'll load. The uh, episode in Season 6 called The Prisoner of... Benda, So, oh, duh, like Bender, but with an A. So the Prisoner of Benda, and that's where all the characters started uh, trading brains, and they bring in the Harlem Globetrotters, who turn out to be one of the best (laughs) scientific minds in the future of the year 3000. And they put the theorem up on the screen, as well as you can see, it's just amazing to look at, like, side by side. If you Google literally just Futurama theorem, you'll see pictures of... The theorem up on this like laser whiteboard but also side by side with the the facts and figures that are from the actual paper it's it's gorgeous so all of this to say that Futurama the point of the show is that it came out in 1999 and the idea was that uh one of the characters is, his name is Fry and he is sent into the future by being cryogenically flo- frozen from the year 1999 to the year 2099 or 2999 and then the clock strikes midnight on um, the new year, and then it turns to the year 3000. So now he's in the year 3000 instead of the year 2000. And the point of the show, and the thing that I'm trying to get to, is the fact that in the, oh, and I love this, in the show, the they talk a lot about uh, things that are happening in the year 3000, but they mirror things that are happening now. And you might think that that's just a show trying to remain topical, and later on seasons it kind of is. But... The best part about it is that it it's actually showing you how times may change, but things stay the same. And it's something that a lot of writers and uh, historians have noticed that like when people say, you know, if you don't observe history, then you're destined to repeat it. But you can see stuff that like, for example, when people say like, oh, millennials are super lazy and they don't want to commit and uh, screens are going to rot your brain. Well, if you look in the early 1900s, they say the same thing about that generation. And they also say the same thing about books, which is
0: baby boomers killing the murder industry. (laughs) Like, you, sorry, I just like you said that. And like, that's all I could think of was like, I came across like the weirdest article, which was apparently millennials don't. Or millennials lock their doors and don't eat out much and stuff, and so yeah. I guess the murder rates going down. There's no way to say that's not just correlation or causation, but the like someone took the time to call it, "Are millennials killing it, the murder industry?"
1: Are is avocado toast causing millennials to stop having babies? Like it's stupid, just oh, just garbage I'm just just stuff avocado. like that. But that's what I mean. Sorry. That <laughs> that sensationalized <laughs> stuff is absolutely ridiculous. So, all of this to say that Futurama does that uh, plays on that to say in the future, even though Fry is a character that is from the year nineteen ninety nine, in in the future, in the year three thousand, he is he can assimilate himself pretty easily after literally like I think it's three episodes. Then he kind of like slips into the the entire. Uh, Zeitgeist of the year 3000 because things are so similar in comparison and people still drink beer and he loves beer and people still watch TV. He loves TV. And so he befriends a robot. He gets a girlfriend, all of that kind of stuff, because he slips seamlessly into that. And that all of this to say that that has to do with the name itself. So the word Futurama is quite literally a translation of the word Rama means a view of and future the future. Now, this was a thing that was huge with the world's fairs that were happening around the uh, 40s to 50s and beyond, and they stopped, I don't know when, but before now, because they don't happen anymore. But at that time, uh, these Futuramas or these world's fairs were to show how uh, bright the future is, how... In the year two, yeah, at the time in the year two thousand, you would be able to uh, take a rocket ship would deliver your mail for you and stuff like that, and like you'd be able to drive a car that has twenty seats in it, or and I mean buses exist, but I meant like for family yeah, you outings could be or whatever. A bus driver, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, you could have a microwave that would rehydrate your food, like future uh, Back to the Future style, and uh, so that was that idea at the time and so the show Futurama also plays it's just such a good concept that it plays off of that to play off of the idea of the word Futurama which was for that time in the World's Fair around the 50s was like oh in the future you'll be able to do this well right now in the year two, that well right now it's 2019 but back then in the Wait, year 2000 year it? it I assume 2019 when you released this we're really behind on our schedule (laughs) I don't mind you releasing in 3019 that'd be
0: even more poignant I could probably write code that could do that assuming that AWS you know AWS
1: will probably outlive us all never mind yeah if (laughs) that'd be funny if this then that is just that good that it exists (laughs) then now Um, but anyway that the to to project that that like oh in the year three thousand we'll have all these crazy things and to play off that like it to a ridiculous degree I mean the the core of comedy is taking something mundane and then making it ridiculous uh, in certain aspects so taking something like uh, current ideas of uh, how the future will be, and then, you know, blowing them out of proportion to the fact that there is... In the show, they have people that are talking heads. That's literally something that's happening right now, which is cryogenically freezing people's heads instead of their entire bodies to allow them to exist in the future. People consider that, like, instead of an ambulance to take you from one place to another, it's an ambulance to take you from one time to the other, which is kind of crazy. Look into that yourself if yes. you want to.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to say, there's... um cryogenics is a very real and very shady industry so anyone out there who's currently thinking about freezing their head or whatever i would give it like the rest of your life to think about it take your time
1: yeah and it's you got time it's apparently like an eighty thousand dollar investment and i mean it's like a last of it's going to be potentially your last investment so i don't know but um but anyway the all of and I know I keep saying all of this to say, but all of this to say that the name in itself is really ingenious, but the thing that is the most ingenious is the opening cinematic. And I know I teased that in the beginning, and here's where we actually talk about it. Because I would like everyone right now, and I am will give you a second, to go and watch the opening cinematic for Futurama. There, it's all over YouTube. Just type in Futurama opening. It's literally and 17
0: seconds of your time you're more well we played it for you at the beginning with our incredible <laughs> yeah. dacha
1: tones but it was a beautiful acapella we might as well be the Pentatonics, yeah but if um, you want
0: time to go and put visuals to the audio and we'll try and I'll try and have something on the instagram so that you can see kind of what is going on there but mm-hmm. yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut away from you
1: oh no you're great so um god here's here's where i gush so uh we'll take a second right now pause the podcast and Listen to that. Go watch that. And three, two, one. We're back. And so right now... (laughs) Sorry, I can't get out of my head, dude. (laughs) Right? It's so good. But right now, what I love is that a lot of people will watch that and be like, that's really quaint. That's cute. But you know why it's cute? Because in the year 2000, this was cutting edge. In the year 1999, when this came out, this was the most amazing thing. And I remember being younger, like a young child watching this and having my mind blown being like, those are 2d characters in a 3d environment. Like they made them 3d. Like how do you do that? And at the time they were revolutionizing things like CG, uh, especially, but they went out of their way to be like, Hey, let's make a 3d model of all this stuff to kind of get people's attention that like, this is the future now.
0: Hold up. I I gotta, I gotta play on those words real fast.
1: Because sure, sure. you just pointed
0: out 2D to 3D. He went from the year 2000 to the year 3000.
1: Fuck. Oh, Right? Oh, right? Oh, I can't believe so I missed
0: that. Oh, God. Matt Groening, you that's incredible so genius. He can't keep getting away with this.
1: <laughs> he can't, we can't keep letting him get away with this. He <laughs> but, he, man. Well, I mean, he made Disenchantment. He's still got a, a booming career. Um, but, so... Well,
0: I, I want to uh, say, I could do a whole episode about how Disenchantment oh. fits the Futurama theme and the Simpsons oh, theme in a beautiful way. Like, we we're, we should have another episode. I'll take this out, but we should have another episode where we step back and look at Matt Groening's ability to do the same thing in three different settings perfectly.
1: Oh, don't take that out. Please include that. I, I want right. to have that episode. All right. Teasers. So, teasers. Teaser. teasers right here. Yeah. So now... I want to now that you've seen the video and been like, oh, this is quaint, but it used to be like the cutting edge of introductions, like the cutting edge. In the year 1999, that is the core of the word Futurama. When it was first introduced in the 50s, the word Futurama, meaning a view of the future, means that right now and in, in the 50s they had they were starting to have microwave ovens. They were starting to have like laundry detergent and uh, washing machines indoors. This is when the boom of consumerism was at its apex. Like TV dinners used to be like a luxury. Like this is an exciting thing. And that's the point, is that at that time, all of the things that they were seeing in the Futurama exhibits at uh, the World's Fair were like the the view of how things might be and how we might incorporate new ideas into every day. So the, the beauty of that is that, that, I mean, that's the point of the show. And we already talked about the fact that like Fry lives in the year 3000, but he can still... It's still fine because that becomes what a lot of people call the new normal. So another example of that is if you had an Instagram account with 100 followers and then you get like 20 likes in a day, you might be like, wow, that's that's awesome. But then you grow to a thousand followers and you get 50 likes in a day and you might be like, I should have 100. This is ridiculous. Like that becomes your new normal because you're you are now more acclimatized to a higher standard. And that's the point, is that the future brings that. It brings a higher standard of a new normal. And so the word Futurama is that. It's meant to be synonymous with the new normal. And so that is the genius of the intro, is that at the time, in the year 1999, when this intro came out, literally 20 years ago, it was the cutting edge. It was the future. This is what all shows will be. And to prove my point a lot of 3d shows have come out that have pretty good animation style and are look far better than just the intro itself but now that we're in the year 20 uh, 2019 it's it's completely mundane it is it, no one would bat an eye at that intro nowadays and a lot of people that were that are listening to this that just watched that for the first time probably didn't care and that's the beauty of the name that this show is so comedically intelligent that i i could i wouldn't put it past them to think think that that like hey, let's put a lot of time into this intro that doesn't fit the animation style of the rest of the show, like whatsoever, to prove the point that this is indicative of the premise of the show, that in the future, all of these things that we think that would be amazing, like going to the moon, going to an amusement park on the moon, doing a delivery service for to Mars or anything like that, with interdimensional travel in just a... a like, they fly through the universe using just... A ship like it's supposed to be the most mundane ship but it's still a spaceship that they can fly from wherever and do whatever but to a lot of people that's like yeah that's that's fine who cares to us that would be insane and that's the point is that all of these amazing technologies have now become completely inconsequential just like the intro to the show and i got so
0: s- and i just want to jump in and say that like to your credit the intro sequence mm-hmm. it reflects that in so many ways like first of all You have, like, it's the future. We still have billboards. The billboards hover now, but they're still billboards. We still have, Mm -hmm. we have flying cars. There's still traffic. We have flying, (laughs) we have blimps for some reason. Like, they have, like, if you really pay attention, there's there's Zeppelins. Yeah. There's a beautiful hodgepodge of, like, everything from, I think, like, a biplane and stuff all the way to those, like, futuristic looking spaceships. And it just feels like
1: three dimensional New York traffic. There, yeah there's tubes to transport you but don't worry there's still everyone waiting in those tubes to get around just like they would on an escalator
0: yeah and that's <sighs> that's the beauty of it is like this that it goes right to your point like we're going to make this beautiful crazy blow your mind thing and it's still going to just like when you really break it down reflect that this is just some mundane world that looks shiny on the surface but when you're s- just steeped in it you realize it feels just like home yeah, it's even
1: even with all of the different new technology, it's still not enough to make make us feel better. It's still that new normal is still and what a lot of people talk about when they talk about new normal, if you google just the term new normal, you'll see a bunch of YouTube videos saying how all of the technology in the world and all of the amazing things in the world won't solve your problems. They will just move them. They'll move that goalpost. And to, to create actual like happiness with it comes from within. Yeah, I know th- I, that totally just slipped out. I didn't mean to sound like a shaman, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. but that's what I mean is that like at the end of the day, like all the technology in the world won't really change how we feel as human beings. Like it's it's a core facet of us and it
0: whew, actually, I,
1: I'm sorry I went on a 20 minute rant, but man, I love that. No,
0: you gotta, so like the beauty of this is you look in history and this this process repeats itself over and over again. So, Mm -hmm. and I hate to make this a comparison because it's like the most prevalent comparison I can think of, but it's also kind of like plays into traditional gender roles, is um, for the longest time, we didn't bathe frequently. yeah, And then we got Mm -hmm. indoor running water. And so now we could bathe frequently, but then it became an expectation to bathe. So like Mm -hmm. we got used to that real fast. But... Bringing water indoors brought other benefits, like now we could wash our hands. Now we could do our laundry more frequently. Doing laundry used to be like twice a year, and it would take forever. And that's also oh, yeah, why you, you have used- to
1: <laughs> wring your hands out. Your like your hands would be like raw from all the like. I mean, washboards. Think about that. Who who has even even looked at a washboard in the past twenty years? Exactly. And so, as hard as you
0: try to be like keeping your clothes clean or whatever, you were not doing your laundry that frequently. And Mm -hmm. traditionally, this was a task that lots of people who were responsible for taking care of the homestead, such as women, were responsible for doing. And then the advent of the washing... Factor of the
1: times, guys. Factor of the times. We're not trying to be sexist. Yeah.
0: And then as technology advanced and we got washing machines and dryers and everything that allowed us to do laundry more frequently, that took a lot of effort and time like as we slowly got technologies that made the mundane tasks that made being acceptable in society easier to do new tasks took their place so suddenly went from Mm -hmm. it was you had to like take care of the house to like now you also have to vacuum the house now you also have to do this and that and this and that because technology allows it and
1: the norms that define society change to demand it and there's there's always something else there like i said moving the goalpost there's you'll never be there you know there they will always make and they as in the world will always make something that is the next step
0: and that's the beauty of futurama is it saying like yeah maybe you haven't been paying attention to the past so let's see let's just see what it looks
1: like in the future yeah let's let's see what the the exact same rat race looks like in the future <laughs> um and i mean to, Just to punctuate this off and linking my own podcast, uh, Locke, Life Advice with Keon, please go listen to it. That, you know, you are enough. And everything that you're doing is enough. And it's easy to get into that rat race and think, well, I need to get the new thing because that's all the rage. At the end of the day, it's probably fine. And you're doing fine. And you're a great person. And I love you, Cameron. You are enough.
0: Yeah, this sounds like a pretty good stopping point. Uh, So, Keon, I know you just mentioned Locke. Um, Is there anything else you want to plug?
1: Um, no, I mean I've I'm all over the place. I have my uh, YouTube channel Keon Buzar, which has just nothing. It's it's just demos of my stuff. Uh, but I uh, I'm also on another podcast called Why Why a podcast where we uh, it's more of like a talk show about information, but it's more just trying to be comedic like in comedic improv. Uh, we have I have Lock, which is life advice with Keon, where I do uh, advice about life and what I've learned, and it's super fun. And um, I also have my three D printing. Uh, just portfolio and all that stuff with my company, Print3D LLC on Etsy and on uh, Instagram and then every other social media. But those are the two that I like the most. So um, aside from that, I think we're... Oh, yeah. And then KeonBuzar.Cinema on uh, Instagram is my uh, portfolio for uh, drone flying and photography and all that stuff. Well, I have too much stuff, Cameron. I really need to calm down. I was going to say, though, (laughs) I've
0: seen your portfolio and it is like the thing Twitter twitter profiles are dreams are made of like i'm genuinely oh, yeah. shocked that you don't have more followers i'm okay
1: with it i'm good doing with them <laughs> what i'm doing raspberry Pis are fun i'll just stick to that yep so oh man. But yeah uh how about you cameron you, give me give me the goods i mean plug me on your stuff
0: uh well this is my podcast but uh yeah so we have our oh youth- this is your podcast oh, weird. oh goodness you're right after this last <laughs> 20 minutes i wasn't sure um yeah i'm sorry, sorry. i didn't uh, mean to do that Uh, We have a YouTube up. The episodes are a little behind. So if you're a subscriber to this podcast, you get to enjoy them ahead of time. But I'm hoping to have not just the video with the audio out, but I'm hoping to start also having the, maybe as we get more traction, get some like mini vids up. Um, Mm -hmm. We also have uh, Instagram and a Twitter. So you can follow me at CBoozar, C-B-O-O-Z-A-R. And you can follow us at at pod. Our website, we made a Bitly for it, so it's easier to find as bit.ly/smallstuffpod. forward So, nice. yeah, you can go check us out whenever you like. And ideally, with the Instagram, we'll have I'll have more things to help support the episodes up. So we'll try and get a clip of the intro sequence out for you guys to enjoy. Yeah, and like I said, we're at smallstuffpod. So if you have any feedback on the show, or you just want to tell us how you're liking it or you have small stuff that you want to sweat and you think it would make for a fun episode, please reach out and let us know. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And something to ask Cameron about in the future is privacy engineering. If you want to plug that, my dude. I do not. Any? There. Okay. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. <laughs> anyway,
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff.